thing, you know, we're in the business of going fast and so are the teams and, um, you know, they, they push it to the absolute limits and sometimes over it and that, that's what happens. And the full credit to Shane, you know, he just, just merged into the, into the family as if he'd been there all along. I was embarrassed for that race to restart in Tasmania. Dumb shit like that, that just isn't acceptable. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. Welcome to Inside Supercars, Tony Whitlock here hosting Solo this week, uh, getting ready for a very large week with the Australian Grand Prix build-up. Of course it all kicks off uh, for the 90th Grand Prix in Australian history, it started in 1928 at Phillip Island, when a chap by the name of Arthur Waite in an Austin special won. Last year, Sebastian Vettel kicked off a great start to the Ferrari year, uh, giving them their uh, Grand Prix win here. And uh, it's going to be a very big week because for the very first time supercars are racing for points at uh, Albert Park. So that's going to be a wonderful moment. Um, been a very big week uh, for uh, the build up to the race. Going across all sorts of different uh, moments, both for local drivers and of course the F1 drivers as they arrive. Um, it uh, is going to be a big week because there's four races and uh, all for 300 points in the same way that Adelaide had two 250s this has got a combination of two 13 lap races and two 25 lap races so it's going to be interesting over the four days to see all that happening but before we get there we'll uh, have a look this week Simona Di Silvestro uh, is looking forward to uh, this year and going back to the tracks that she's learnt so after the break we'll be talking with Simona Di Silvestro. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, through the years, a lot of reference this race is one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task. Uh, we were able to beat the two level two the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Begley in the final, which uh, we were able to do after, um, take the win off him. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, Raptor family. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Simona Di Silvestro uh, talked with Craig Ravel post the Adelaide 500 and uh, the Swiss Miss uh, told Craig that she was certainly not scared after her first year in a full season of supercars. No, no, I didn't uh, really enjoy myself here in the series, and uh, it's a tough one, but uh, so far, yeah, I re really like it. What do you take out of the Adelaide 500 weekend? Oh, I need to qualify better. You know, we have uh, we have really good, strong uh, race pace, but you know, if you qualify in the back, it just uh, makes your life really hard. And uh, I've had that issue in the past, so I figured it out uh, once. So I just need to figure it out the second time, I guess. You seem to like the street circuits and uh, each of the street circuits you've been to you've been able to show a lot of developmental improvement. Is that something you've brought over from um, Formula E? Uh, no, I think more from IndyCar actually just because we run a lot of street courses there and uh, um, just you know really getting comfortable in the supercar I think that's the biggest thing and uh, also working with my engineer to get a kind of a feel that I need for my driving style and uh, I have a new engineer this, uh, this year so it's uh, it's a little bit different, you know, I think now in the race it was pretty 
pretty happy with the car, but the whole weekend we weren't quite there. So we need to still find a little bit our ways, but um, but yeah, I think we'll get there. And uh, yeah, just a bit more pressure to on me to really put that lap together and qualifying. Was that uh, a tough thing to have to deal with going changing engineer? Because you you were probably just speaking Blake's language, mm -hmm. and then you've got to work out a new set of mannerisms and. As we know, communication is more than just talking. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it felt like last year, you know, towards the end of the season, we really kind of started figuring out what I need. And uh, and now, you know, with having Chris, you know, he has to kind of look a little bit at what we did last year, but also, you know, bring in his input. So uh, it's definitely a lot to take in for a first weekend. But, you know, it's good to see the progression. And yeah, like I said, the car was pretty good in the race. So now we just need to see what we learned today from this race and then uh, move on to the next ones like this. When you're debriefing as a team, are you now starting to hear the other drivers saying what you're feeling as well or you still feel a little bit like the outlier on what you're getting out of the car and the feedback you're getting to what they are? Well, I think we're a bit closer but we definitely drive differently, you know, and, um, and I think I have a little bit of a diff different approach, you know, I'm also left foot braking that pitches the car a little bit differently so there's all things to consider you know I don't think it's slower but you I just need the car to be doing one thing to be able to be really quick and those last few tents are always the the hardest ones to find so that's just a, a little bit of a thing that uh, we need to find and yeah you know I'm, I'm so used to open wheel drive I'm starting to really get my head around how to drive these cars uh, and now it really it's more on the setup side to really get to where we want to and get the car to you know to extract those last little things yeah i know uh, speaking to blake and a few others they say you like to really point go yes. in hard point turn and then go again. yeah well actually no i carry more mid speed uh, mid speed which doesn't really work because you don't have a, a big wing on these cars in the front so i'm learning that i learned that all of last year and i adapted my driving style to it but uh yeah, there's still little things that um, that I tend to like. You know, I really like a really pointy front end to to be able to kind of get in there. And uh, uh, yeah, this, we need to get there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> going to the Grand Prix and uh, a track that you've been to previously. Yeah, uh, I think it's going to be good. Uh, we were pretty quick last year there, I thought. So um, knowing the car a little bit better and yeah, learned what we learned today. I think. I think it's going to be good. I look forward to it. I really enjoy it there, so it's a, it's a lot of fun. And that is a track where you have to float. So maybe that will work uh, in our favour a little bit more. Yeah. All right. Well, all the best and look forward to seeing you at the Grand Prix. Thank you. So after the break, we'll be talking with, talking with the Holden new motorsport manager. He's actually the executive director of marketing, Mark Harland, a Canadian, been 20 years plus with General Motors, and uh, there's a long history around motorsport and I'm sure you'll enjoy uh, listening to his tale of involvement before arriving in Australia. Each week join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. This year in Formula 3 I think is a fantastic environment for me to be doing that. However, I believe for myself uh, a sustainable career in tin tops such as Fiat Supercars in Australia is where I see myself. Second crack at the Australian time since we've been back and we're unlucky the first time that we end up with a win there at Speedway City uh, two weeks ago. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au you. Join in the conversation, post your thoughts on our Facebook page and to ask a question, email insiders at sportradio.com.au Welcome to Inside Supercars, we're here with the Executive 
director, director. Yeah, marketing. marketing. Yeah. Uh, Mark Harland, yes. uh, who's a Canadian, and joined Holden year when? Uh, last year, about this time last year, so January of last year. Okay. So just over a year into the job. It's when Holden in Australia are changing yet again. So it's only fitting that we have somebody who has been with General Motors for 20 years, you 20 say? Years, and yeah. you've been in various different places. Yeah, I grew up um, in the car business. My dad and granddad were, uh, were General Motors dealers in Canada growing up in Montreal, uh, next to the racetrack in Montreal. So I've been around motorsport my whole life, but I've had stints in North America. Uh, from New York to, to Texas, which seems like two different countries, to to Europe, and then more recently in Asia with uh, Shanghai and Singapore before I got here. Okay, and of course an Australian market. You did you know much about it when you arrived here? So um, I've had a while I was in Singapore, I was coming down to Australia on a on a fairly regular basis to to work with the guys. Uh, in fact, uh, the former MD uh, Mike Devereaux was up in Singapore. And he and I had worked closely before, so so I knew a fair amount before I came down. But obviously, uh, I rely on the people that have been around the business for the local knowledge. And uh, and uh, what I'm trying to do is just bring a, a different set of eyes and, and ears to to uh, how we can do things as we transition uh, Holden into being a national sales company. Yeah, indeed. And in fact, it's in your time, you've seen the company already change quite yeah. and evolve an enormous amount. From what it was for the previous 40 years. Yes. Yeah. I mean, General Motors as a whole has been evolving, right? And we're really looking at at uh, places around the world. One where there's a passion for for vehicles. A place like Australia, Holden. I mean, there's this great history for decades of of uh, of, of passion. I would say, uh, which is probably the best word to use. Um, and also, General Motors is looking for places that where we can grow as a company and uh, and Australia is one of those places that we're committed to. Um, so you're based in Melbourne? Based in Melbourne. Okay, head yeah. office. Head office. Um, and of course uh, you've now introduced or just about to uh, go on sale with the ZB. Correct. Which is manufactured where exactly? So the ZB is manufactured in Germany so um, but all the engineering design and all the work was done in Australia. Okay. So uh, what I like to tell people that if if this this car is the car that we would have produced if we were producing it in Australia, so it's everything that the Australian Commodore drivers would expect. It happens to be manufactured, produced in a different part of the world in Germany, um, but the engineering and design and the tuning uh, for Australian road conditions was all done by our team of engineers in uh, in Melbourne and in, at the proving grounds in Lang Lang. Over the last twenty years, there's been quite a change in Holden's relationship with General Motors as in terms of its its design uh, and CAD and all those yes. sort of things like Camaros yeah. and yeah. Uh, that playing a role internationally um, so that's going to continue on. Yeah it's a great question so yes the, the core national sales company if we will is focused on the things that we do in Australia and obviously working with our partners in, in New Zealand but we also retain a global engineering and design team that are going to do work and will continue to do work on Chevys and Buicks and Cadillacs for all different parts of the world. So as you guys probably already know that our head of global design, General Motors uh, worldwide, is the Australian Michael Simcoe who grew up here and at the design center. I can remember being with, with him uh, standing around with other people when the Monaro was unveiled in Sydney. Yeah. And it was one of the most exciting times in Australian um, motoring because 
you know, and the, the obvious pride that he had and deserved to have right. was such a wonderful car and had been kept so secret. Yeah, it was quite extraordinary. Yeah. Um, tell me your current range of cars, um, four cylinders, uh, front wheel drives, um, you've got Astras, you've Breeners, yep. um, you've got a number of Captivas and numbers. Yeah. Is that going to change much in the next, say, five years? I, I think as we evolve, I think you'll still see Commodore and Colorado on the Ute pickup truck uh, side. Those will still be core products, right? So any volumes where the where the large car segment continues to, to shrink a little bit, that's being more than offset by by sales of the Utes and the pickup trucks. So Commodore and Colorado will continue to be key products for us uh, going forward, and, and as they have in the past. I think with a growth opportunity that I see, uh, small cars are are coming off as a segment as well a little bit. And what what we're seeing is the offset in the small cars is being taken up by the SUVs. So the area where we're going to bring in all new products is is uh, from part North America and other parts of the world will be in the SUV range. So uh, the tracks we've had out for a bit, we had a mid-cycle change last year. Uh, the new Equinox has just launched. It's been it's the it's the second best-selling Chevrolet we have in the world and our best-selling SUV in America. So. The, the, the Equinox, which borrows uh, its DNA from Chevrolet, uh, is a fantastic new SUV that we just launched here in the last couple of months. Um, and then later in the year, we'll bring a, a larger seven-passenger SUV with the Acadia. So, so I see our growth opportunity in, is really in the range of SUVs that we offer and anchored by uh, Commodore and Colorado in the future. You'd probably be unaware that in Australia, this series was what known mostly amongst journalists as fleet racing, right. because Commodores and Falcons yeah, were a fleet yeah. vehicle. Yeah. Um, uh, do you see a com more commercial version of the ZB being made? Do you see any variant on the body, the hatchback body? Uh, so, yeah, well, I see a, a greater range of diversity for the ZB platform. What I really like is. Uh, in fact, the car that I'll get as soon as it comes over will be the Tour wagon. So it's the Cali V Tour. It's going to be. Uh, it's going after that territory where Subaru is, yeah. the Outback, the All Track from VW. So I think for the people who love to drive a car properly, like I do, and want a little extra functionality, because um, I I do cycling and I've got the kids into boarding, you know, to to surfing and things like that. Put the racks on and stuff like that. So what I see out of the new Commodore is a range from the liftback, which offers a lot of cargo capacity. Uh, the front-wheel drive four-cylinder turbos are fantastic. The all-wheel drive V6 that we have out here as a safety car. In fact, I went for a lap this morning. Oh, unbelievable. Fun car to drive, really, every bit, if not better, than a V8. You would have heard of things like the L34? Yes. Right. Yeah. There was a variant of that. I, I was a motoring rider for a period yeah. of my life. It was a variant of that. I almost got one as a, uh, a road test car, and it actually had a canopy that went on the back of it so you could go camping in it. Yeah. Don't make one of those variants. No. <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd, we're going to stick to the things that we do best. I, don't, uh, I think sometimes uh, manufacturers can overcomplicate the business, right? I, I do see, a, that being said, I do see a, um, a high propensity of people wanting to, to customize their vehicles. So we'll bring the core vehicle, we'll do the things that we know we do best in different parts of the world, and then we'll have an accessory lineup for people who want to customize it. But I'm not going to do all kinds of funky variants and 
and do that uh, in the plants because that adds complexity and cost that uh, that just doesn't make sense. But I'll, we'll have accessory packs, especially in Colorado. I, if you look at Colorado now, uh, from the Super Ute that's racing to the uh, to the HSV Sports Cat that we've done, the Colorado Sports Cat through uh, LSX pack that we're doing. So I'll see a range of accessories and packs that we can do here locally to customize it because that's where the growth is right now. The uh, those uh, Utes and, tr and and pickup trucks is those are the best selling vehicles in Australia right now. Because you're involved in NRL, you're involved yeah. in AFL, you're involved in supercars, you're involved in uh, all sorts of things from horse yeah. racing down to club sports <laughs> or club level sports. Where is supercars in the yeah. pecking order and even percentage of spend is it? You know, 50% of your spend, 10% of your spend? Uh, you know, it's a good question because I think a lot of people had questions in the last couple of years if, if motorsport is still important to uh, to hold it in. Um, you're going to see a lot more of me around the track and the team uh, to really reaffirm that motorsport is one of our key uh, sponsorship properties. So I'm not going to give you percentages, but I would I could tell you that it's, it's a rather large percentage of our budget. Um, especially as you get into development of the new engines and things like that. So developing and supporting a race car that wins, because we're not out here just to have a good time. I, I like to win. Uh, you know, there's money that goes into that as well as all the sponsorship around that. So motorsport is going to be a key. It will continue to be a key part of our, uh, of our portfolio sponsorships. And then we'll do other things. We'll do things you know, that we've always done with our, our core Holden audience, whether it be motorsport or AFL, NRL, and then we're going to broaden into other areas that represent modern Australia. Because I want to, you know, retain the title as Australia's brand, and to me that means reflecting what modern Australians do in their everyday life, and, and that's changed over the years. But motorsport will continue to be a key part of our DNA. Why is Holden the only... Uh car retailer that says motorsport is so important and important enough that you want to be at least on one car and have multiple cars on the track yeah i think um you know having 17 uh new zb commodores on the track is a statement about us as a manufacturer so it's not just our factory sponsored team who's doing really well just won the poll in the shootout and and uh jamie won last year of course it's it's proving that we have a car and we're here to stay as a company uh, and that's making a statement because uh, unlike the other manufacturers they could say whether import or not i don't think anyone could make the bold statement about being australia's car company that we can and we're going to continue to make that statement and motorsport helps us gives us a, an ability to reach a target audience that that has loved us for many years if this series continues its trend it could end up like Indy cars, which you'd be familiar with, where everyone's racing a Dallara. That would be the worst thing for you, wouldn't it, if everyone's racing a, a Commodore? Uh, I like competition, so it's, it's good to mix it up and have uh, other manufacturers involved. I think uh, having guys like Penske and Andretti getting into the sport, that shows that supercar as a sport is recognized around the world as probably one of the remaining competitive motorsport platforms. That's why you're seeing the guys come over from different parts of the world, Penske and Andretti in particular. They want to get involved because it is a competitive. So I think that's good for the sport, to bring pe new people in, uh, to bring different teams in, to have other manufacturers 
uh, going against us. Uh, I think that's healthy. That helps the sport grow. James Warburton left the sport at the end of last year with one unachieved goal, which is quite remarkable when you look at the ones he did achieve, and that was he didn't get a races secured in Asia. Just uh, where's Holden's position with racing in Asia or anywhere else that's not really Australia and New Zealand? Yeah, our, our main focus for Holden is obviously Australia and New Zealand. So, um, so that's where we're going to focus our, our time and energy. Obviously, we sell other brands being Chevrolet or Buick and other parts of uh, certainly in Asia where Buick and Chevy do really well in China. Um, our main focus for Holden is, is Australia and New Zealand. So if, if the fans think it's great and people are willing to buy the tickets to watch a race in, in a different part of Asia, that's great. But my main focus is here. So it doesn't help the series or it doesn't help the teams get more money necessarily in Holden's eyes? Uh, more I th races. I think it gives it, it may give some more visibility, and you may yeah you may to to that side um, you may attract some other investors into it by by doing it in other parts of the world. Um, so so I think there is an opportunity there, um, but yeah, from a holding perspective, we're focused on what we do here in our own backyard. Uh, in America, of course, Chevrolet is uh, NASCAR, yeah. and Cadillac and. Uh, Chev Corvette, of course, the sports cars. Yeah. What other programs? Do you have any drag racing programs in the GM poll? Uh, those are the main pro. I mean, Indy pro we're involved with the Indy program, obviously, but um, yeah, there's only so much capital to go yeah. go around. So we do support some of the other series, but it's more of you know maybe giving uh, special rates on cars and parts and things like that. So there's a ton of different series, um, but I think. They're focused on the main big series in, in North America uh, and racing in those because that does translate to, to sales. Maybe not Monday morning, but at some point during the week, it does translate to sales. So, But if someone approached and said, hey, I'd look a little bit of help with uh, the cost of an engine or a car doing something like that, and uh, those are the kinds of things that go on all the time. Well, Red Bull and Holden have uh, already started the season, as you would hope, and yes. they have done on many yeah. occasions. Um, your expectations in terms of car sales for ZB in Australia this year? Yeah, so we're just literally this weekend, you know, launching the ZB Commodore. And uh, I think, you know, the segment's going to be smaller uh, overall. Um, but I think we're going to do, uh, we're looking, you know, to get the volume up pretty quickly. And we want to continue to be the leaders in that segment. So I don't have a... I don't have a number I can give you. Um, I think the segment will be a little smaller, but I think we're going to continue to grow sales. And, and I'm actually, like I said, outside of the core uh, liftback, I see some opportunity to grow into the uh, into the tour wagon, sport wagon segment. I see some private uh, sale opportunities growing in there where we haven't previously done a whole lot in recent years. Do you have a volume uh, capacity? Can you? Yeah, uh, we can get, so we, we have an agreement with Opal slash Peugeot, so we we have a plant. They're also producing for, you know, Opal, the Insignia, as well as Buick on the Regal side. Um, so we we have more than enough capacity to do what we need to do uh, with that plant. No, no issues on that side. So, in, in fact, if you look at it from Peugeot's point of view, they're more than happy to have us for the next years, four or five years for the run of this car, they're more than happy to have, have us take up the capacity in their in their plant. So no no issues with that. 
We saw the Mustang come into the market and uh, as far as competitors go, you don't really have a car that's in that, uh, in that stream of, uh, of uh, the market. But obviously you'd looked at, well here's a car coming in in limited numbers and is sold out for months yeah. and they're bringing the second one in that's probably in a similar but not as extreme for waiting lists. What do you think about that market? So uh, I think for those rear-wheel drive V8 enthusiasts, um, we're not going to solve that at Holden, uh, but we're going to solve that through Chevrolet. So uh, we're, we're working with our partners at HSV to bring the Chevrolet Camaro in and convert that over here as a right-hand drive. So I think for those guys that, that where that market is, where Mustang's gotten some sales, uh, and the people that still want a rear-wheel drive V8, we will support that through the Camaro um, and the Chevrolet Camaro and through HSV. And we'll watch that. If there's volume demand, uh, certainly we have capacity to build them um, as left-hand drives right now in North America. But as, as that demand builds, uh, we'll watch that and uh, work with our friends at HSV to, uh, to, to bring more in. And this is a this is a market and is a segment that you don't need capacity to make the right sort of profit margin. Yeah, the, if we do this the right way, it's uh, you know there's a minimum number which I think we're going to more than exceed. Uh, so, so that'll be fine. So we'll be fine on on that. The, the business case is a good business case. I actually think that, um, again, that we'll, we'll get it to the end of this year and we'll be looking for additional Camaros. And, and that's just a matter of, you know, uh, working it through HSV to make sure they have the capacity to do that. And obviously a good story that the conversions are going to be done in Australia. Correct. And I think it's another, it's another proof point for us as General Motors it becomes another proof point of our investment in, in Australia. It's Holden, it's Chevrolet, it's car share programs like Maven, it's OnStar. So we're gonna continue to invest in Australia through General Motors, uh, through a variety of different brands. So I think that's all a good story. And, and the conversions, yeah, they're done here. Well, it's been wonderful talking to Mark Holland of uh, Holden Marketing and hearing of the expectations and hopes for uh, the company um, into 2018 and beyond. So thank you so much for joining Thanks. us. Thanks for taking the time to be with me. Appreciate it. So after the break, we'll have our final uh, thoughts on Inside Supercars. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. And, you know, every, every year I see Jackie Stewart at the Grand Prix and I just remind myself of, of his part in, in starting the, the path to safer cars. Dissecting the sport with interviews, news and opinion. Jack Brabham certainly left his mark not only on Australian motorsport but motorsport all around the world. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au Join in the conversation, post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page. Welcome back to Inside Supercars. Just looking at... Uh, our final uh, thoughts before the Adelaide, uh, rather the Albert Park races take part. It's it's been a big build-up and 24 years of anticipation to uh, get to races at Albert Park that finally have a point, a point to them. Not display races, not for honour, not for commercial reasons, but for championship points, drivers' points, teams' points. 
it's going to be wonderful to see and starts on this Thursday with two practice sessions and two qualifying sessions then on Friday another two qualifying sessions for the first race of 25 laps then on to Saturday when there'll be a 13 lapper and a 25 lapper at the end of the day before Sunday the final race just before the 13 lap race uh, just, just before Formula 1 race starts it's going to be a very big week and I'm looking forward to uh, taking in the sights and sounds of Albert Park with supercars having their very first hit out with a real championship position at stake. So enjoy the week and hope you enjoy the show. Thanks from all of us. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next week for more at sportradio.com.au or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars.